This is Christian Gleiser from Dr. Buru Industries, and you are listening to Scene World Podcast. Hey, everyone. It's the Scene World Podcast. I'm AJ. Jurg is that way over there. We are locked in quarantine away from everybody else. Yeah, but this. But still, since SceneWorld is anyway an international project where we work from home, this is no change for us when it comes to this. Yeah, we're kind of doing a public service here because, you know, people are stuck at home and they're not, they got nothing to do. And so now at least they can sit here and and look at us. Yeah. Or listen to us because this is audio only. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, just listen to us. That's cool. It works too. There's plenty to look at if you want to go onto the YouTube channel and watch the past videos. Exactly. We got, we got a whole 24 hours of, of, of extra life the one year. So Yeah, that's true. And nice interviews like John Mack, who did Operation Frog, and learn about the first program where you could surgery on living <laughs> yes. animals. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. We are talking yeah. to, who are we talking to? Tell, tell us about this. Johan Kripp. And we are talking about a new C64 um, board um, named the C128 Neo. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, we've been sitting on this one for a while. Um, exactly. Yeah. And and it seemed like now, now that we're all stuck in home and 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 we could all use something interesting to listen to, this is a really yes. good one to listen to. Yes. So. Oh my god. Because the C one hundred twenty eight RM unfortunately didn't happen, so Yeah, yeah, it didn't happen. It didn't which which is a shame because because I really liked that idea. I mean, I I was kind of iffy on the whole putting it in a C sixty four case part. I didn't I wasn't really sure how that would work, but you know, I, I encourage people to do what they want and to, you know, follow their dreams and those are fantasies and you know that's cool great fantastic yeah. yeah anyway new guy in town new project yep let's see and and unlike the 128 rm this one is not really looking for funding the guy's just doing it to do it so there's no there's there's not much pressure and there isn't yeah. much in the way of you know it, it's it's not like it's not like people are investing in it or he's looking for investment in it. He's just, he's just doing it. So mm. we're giving a little bit too much away. So we should talk about other things. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So first of all, a little correction because, um, our last podcast, um, with Josh O's from let's encrypt. We, in our, um, introduction, we, Unfortunately, said that this project was um, sprung from Mozilla, um, and he, he is working um, at Mozilla. No, he's not working at Mozilla. Um, so that's a little correction. Okay. What he meant is um, he worked at Mozilla when he founded Let's Encrypt. Right. But Let's Encrypt is not part of Mozilla and he doesn't work for Mozilla. Right. So it's an independent project. And we didn't picture that 
entirely correctly, so sorry for that. This is the correction here. Right, right. Yep. Um, so I got a bit of news, which I actually learned um, on, on Q-Link. I, I, I finally I had a, a minor incident with my Commodore gear um, and had to sort of take a break and try to fix it and clean it up and put it back where it was. And I did that, and the first moment I logged on to Q-Link, uh, the welcome message was different than it normally is, and it said, it informed me that, and I think I sent you a screenshot of this, that the Retro Fair uh, and Vintage Computer Festival events um, have been postponed and or canceled for this year, again, because of the whole COVID-19 shenanigans. Yeah. So that's that's a shame, um, but... but um, as this has said, that the the uh, the events may have been postponed or canceled, but that's no reason that uh, people can't share um, um, interest in retro computing uh, with a virtual fair. So they were encouraging people to upload pictures or videos or whatever to their platform of choice, you know, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all those different things. With the uh, the hashtag retrofair or retrofair twenty twenty, so yeah. we agree with that. People should do that. I'm I'm down with that swirl. Um, maybe I'll put a link to the pictures I took of my Commodore sixty four screen with that information on it in the yeah sure why <laughs> in the not podcast not? description so people can see it as well yeah. Um, and if you haven't been on QLink Reloaded, you totally should. I'm gonna. This is a Wednesday when we're doing this. Um, and because everyone's pretty much in the house, I'm hoping that there will be a good turnout on the Wednesday Q-Link meetups. There hasn't been in a while, um, so we'll see. Yeah, and in the same um, direction goes the other thing of news I got. A Commodore Forever actually announced on Facebook that the um, SCUG meeting 5 um, scheduled for uh, March 28th unfortunately got canceled as well mm-hmm. and uh, yeah next meeting is to be discussed yeah there's such we're in such an interesting time period right now in that like a lot of things are getting canceled but a lot of things i think this is showing a lot of people what you can do with with modern technology oh i burped like cutting out burps yes yes it's it's <laughs> It's showing a lot of people what you can do with modern technology, you know, like like video conferencing and whatnot. I, uh, one of the, yeah. um, you know, and 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 being able to hold meetings, you know, at at work we're holding uh, virtual, you know, or remote meetings from home, or we're having the whole yeah. managers meeting over the internet, you know. Um, so you don't have to smell old people. Exactly, exactly. Uh, it's and it's much, it's so much nicer. I don't have to put pants on for it. Yeah. So you know, and if you don't have webcam en- enabled, you even can play with other things. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You can. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> you know, it's it's there's so many options, and and it, it's really cool how people are sort of finding ways to keep themselves occupied and still connect to people when they can't actually connect to people. Yeah. You know. So that's. So Connecting you know, in the unconnectable connection yeah, world, yeah. right? So these meetings right now may have been canceled, but you know, 
depending how long this all lasts, um, we could have, you know, they could start doing virtual meetings. We just did a, a virtual, it's, it's not, it's not this podcast It's one of the ones coming up. We did a virtual tour of the, um, of the, um, of the digital retro park, yes. which is yeah. a computer museum in, in Offenbach, um, a mine in the near of Frankfurt on the main, uh, in Germany. Right, so we, right. made, we made a tour th through that museum. Yeah. yeah, which is currently, again, it's closed because of all this nonsense going on. So, exactly. so there's nobody in there, but we got kind of VIP access <laughs> through through the wonders of Skype, you know, yeah. to see all the different stuff. And it was, that'll be coming up. To, maybe that'll be, maybe we'll do that one next because that'll give people something to do while they're sitting at home is watch our virtual tour. But I have to admit, it's a bit tough lately. I mean, um When we recorded this uh, for 24 hours before the login server of Skype was down, mm -hmm. so it, this this interview almost didn't happen in the video way, which would have been a waste of museum. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, and uh, TeamViewer <laughs> was was down. Also, the login server um, 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 for 24 hours. Um, Could you imagine if we didn't have video for that? It would be like, so now in front of you would be a Commodore 64, and on that is being played disc. Now to the right of that is, and we would, <laughs> we would have fallen asleep about eight minutes into it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the reason actually why we do so much um, video version podcast recently, because we, we cover so many projects that actually are better to be visualized. Yes. Yeah. Um, then audio. Um, anyway. Well, the funny thing is, too, with that with that podcast, and I'll, I should probably save this for the next intro, but I actually wasn't expecting the full tour of the museum. I, I was I was expecting to talk to two guys from the museum about it, but I wasn't expecting like an insider tour of every, all the exhibitions and everything, which was kind of like that was fantastic. I mean, we uh, we had, we didn't have to do anything. We just sat back and watched. And, yeah. and it was, it, we were, you know, yeah. we were like children being like, oh, look at that, look at that, you know, and, and, and yeah, that's, exactly. that's the best yeah. way, you know, that's the coolest ever. Yeah. So I look so forward maybe. to that. It's a great one. Um, yeah. Hopefully. Well, well, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to say hopefully we'll still be under lockdown, but, but hopefully if we are still under lockdown, it can, you know, give you something to do for an hour or so. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's, it's, an interesting thing that um, the server services are running, but the login servers go down, which is interesting because um, this lockdown didn't ca come out of a surprise. It was announced before that, you know, in a week we are probably having to have um, or um, not a lockdown totally, but a half lockdown whatsoever. Yeah. And, and they, and they, um, they hired capacities for the service itself, but not for the login servers. It looks like Microsoft and uh, TeamViewer didn't think of people actually have to log in to use the servers. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. You always miss uh, something. Yeah. Um, and, and even Steam was down last Friday um, for a couple of minutes, you know? Um, so it's it's totally uh, surprising. And um, mm. Actually, people were a lot of were so, um, afraid that the whole internet would go down. <laughs> um, but uh, fortunately, 
at least I can say here from Germany and, and I guess also in USA, the um, the um, um, internet is still stable, but what's, what's causing problems at times is the um, landline telephony. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, anyway. So, um, other news in that direction, also from um, Commodore Forever, <laughs> they announced the replacement, I see. Okay. And it's um, PLA replacement. Yes, another one. Another one, another one. And I don't know how, how good this is in terms of compatibility, but we learned that uh, they they have big issues with that, you know. <laughs> you know, I had I had I had a, uh, when I got my Gem, Zem's Journey cartridge, I All tried right. a couple of my Commodore 64, and it didn't work on a couple of them. I was like, oh wait, oh I I I put in a certain PLA replacements. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, they are not compatible with this and that cartridge. Oh, right. then I use another one. Oh, that isn't compatible with that sort of cartridge. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, they need to make the uh, a SID effects of PLA cartridges that will automatically pick the right PLA for the software, or make a PLA that is one hundred percent compatible to every software or cartridge. Well, that's the that's the difficult part. Yeah, I wonder why is there why is there a, uh, I don't uh, know. Difficulty. I do not know. It's uh, it seems to be impossible to make a one hundred percent compatible replacement mm -hmm. for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so the uh, um, Messiah, who makes you know MIDI controllers and stuff for the C sixty four, as of the beginning of March, uh, they are out of stock. Wow. So, and it's they said it's a problem outside of their control. I don't know what problem that would be, but uh, well, I mean, maybe <laughs> there's any number of problems it could be right now. COVID nineteen, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, hopefully that'll get back into they'll they'll have stock again and every little it'll. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the production delays after the Chinese New Year and the Corona outbreak. No. So. Yeah, but they will um, update the page when it's available. So, yeah. Well, that would be the news I have got so that's, far. That's all I got. Not so much news in no. those times. Well, right? you know, in in another two weeks or so, after people are stuck in their houses, I'm sure lots of things will be getting done because no one else is going to have anything else to do. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, well, so enjoy listening to this um, episode and see you in the next one or hear you in the next one. Yes, yes. So today we have Johan Grip. Uh, he is working on the Commodore 128 Neo. So welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. <laughs> for, so for people who are unfamiliar with what, we're, what, what this is going into it, what exactly is the C128 Neo? 
the C one twenty eight Neo is basically a reverse engineered motherboard for the Commodore one twenty eight. The uh, primary target is to preserve the platform as it is. So I have made very very small changes to it just to make it easier to use, but there are no functionality changes to it. Okay. Uh, it's basically been inspired by um, some of the other work going on, like uh, Shaki and uh, and uh, Rob Taylor people doing the Amiga 500 plus plus and mm-hmm. uh, the re Amigas, etc. Well, I, I actually learned from it first time about um, in the Facebook group, Amiga Facebook group, and there they said they said it started as a Reddit thread. And then I read about it in Lemon. So it was spread, cluttered over a couple of places. Mm. And you were having conversations over there. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, technically, the first place I actually showed anybody what I was working on, uh, that was not a close friend, was on um, actually uh, Rob Taylor's Discord in his C64 uh, thread. Okay. Um, aside from that, when I actually had... The revision one board, so the first one that I made, when I had one soldered together and actually working, so I knew that I had something that would actually be useful in the long run, and not I hadn't all wasted all my money. Um, I, I basically decided to let's just start posting out, uh, posting about it a bit. So I've posted on Lemon sixty four. I posted on c one twenty eight dot com the forums. Uh, Forum64.de, exercising my horrendous German, but there you go. (laughs) (laughs) And also on Reddit. It's interesting because it's not the first time somebody's coming up with this. Um, Last year we spoke with Peter Reichenbach from Switzerland who did the 128RM or remastered, but he he never finished it. I don't know, but but he he tried to get 500 pre-orders and didn't because the scene was very skeptical if it was bloatware. This is basically always the problem. Well, I think one of the major issues that people had with it was the fact that it was it was designed to fit in a 64 uh, case rather not not a 128 case. So people were kind of wondering what the the application for it was. It's a 128 that that doesn't have the 128 features like the extra keys and stuff. So. So it met with a lot of skepticism from that. But with this, you're not trying to make money off of this. There's not like a, like a, like a limited, there, there isn't a minimum amount of orders that you, that you're going to scrap it if you don't hit that, right? No, I said my, my plan is to really just release the Gerber file so anybody can just make their own if needed. Hmm. So mm-hmm. my primary goal is to preserve the platform. That right. said, um, there are a lot of people who are unsure about the whole getting PCBs manufactured and want something a bit tested. So I'm planning on making smaller runs mm-hmm. and, and sell off for that type of purpose. Um, that will basically be at cost, to be honest. Okay. Okay. And, Interesting. Um, hmm. Yeah, actually, about the um, size of the PCB, you actually wrote in your blog. Um, that actually, that is the reason why you don't want to make the PCB fitting in a C64C case, um, because you would have to get rid of some features. Right. Yeah, that that is correct. That is, 
If if I look at what he did with the the uh, one twenty eight remastered, um, his primary goal was basically the the key defining feature of that project was to squeeze it into the C sixty four C case, uh, which I can understand. It's a case that is being manufactured right now, mm-hmm. so it's readily available. Um, I just wasn't comfortable with the amount of compromises that you would have to do to do so because you won't have enough space to put all of the I.O. that you want. Right. Uh, yeah, the obvious... The, the the extension would be to make a small breakout box for the additional I.O., but now you're having a really horrible, weird contraption with a <laughs> docking station, in essence. But, but that is actually what, um, what Gideon uh, Schweitzer is doing with the Ultimate 64. The user port is external or kind of internal but you have to make you have to um well buy it buy it extra yeah there's of the space problem there's headers on the board where you can kind of pop it in but you how you do that is not just having a, a user port yeah i know i know yeah well that is actually a good point so i wonder as i said you you maybe are planning to release a small batch or as i said for your um Self-cost price. What is the self-cost price, if this is not too much of a secret? <laughs> um, I can't really state because I don't know the volumes and, of course, the manufacturing price of the PCBs depend mm-hmm. heavily upon the volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's for sure going to be less than 100 euros. Really? Okay. okay. Well, as I said, as I said, when I talked to you via Reddit chat, um, I really have two left hands. So I hope <laughs> you you will consider us, um, and and even HA proof that he can drill a hole into his PCB. Yeah, we so. don't uh, we, we don't talk about that. <laughs> that that that's actually kind of the origin story. I don't know if you read it on my blog, but. Um, I basically dug up my first computer, which is a Commodore 128, out of the basement and decided to bring it back up into working order again. And right. It's funny that you mentioned hole in the PCB because there is actually a fairly sturdy hole in that PCB, which I had to work <laughs> around. Yeah. I, I wondered why is it, why it is a Swedish system handbook, but now I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought, why is it in yeah. Swedish? I didn't drill through the motherboard itself. I drilled through the and I and, and to this day I do not know what the thing is called. It's by the power um, connector and it's a little it's a it's a it's a loop with some wire. It's a coil. It. It's a it's coil. a coil. Yes, oh, the, the, the line filter. Yeah. Now there you go. A line filter. Okay. Yeah. The line filter that's... is actually identical to the one from the C64, so yes. if you need to replace it, that's where you would find one. Well, Peter Reichenbach said just just bypass it completely you don't, you don't really need it i technically yeah you could just jumper it yeah um, that's what i ended up doing it's it's basically uh something that's primarily there to meet all of the uh fcc and and uh rundfunkstörung yeah but yeah yeah which is now the east um the ec exactly i understand yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find right, that part to order it to try to you know even look up what I'm trying to to find. I in all in all the uh, yeah in all the the schematics of these machines and whatnot. It's it's just there. It's just you know it's it's a part. It's never got a label. It's got a, never got a name on it. It's just a no, thing you know. that's there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. filter no, toy it, probably or something. That that is actually correct. It is a part that was custom made for Commodore. 
And okay. in fact, I have to say, aside from the ships themselves, mm-hmm. the part of the board where you find the most weird things that are really hard to source is actually in the power delivery section. Really? Yeah, the power socket, the square DIN, same yeah. as the Amiga, it's next to impossible to find. Mm-hmm. The power switch is really hard to get. I oh, haven't even okay. tried looking for the 128 reset switch because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the line filter, the uh, diode bridge, rectifier, etc. It's all weird stuff nowadays. Yeah. So wow. So um, now, now you mentioned the case thing. Is there any alternative, actually? Did you think about that? Um, or do you really need um, a normal C128 case? The uh, the Neo board, as is right now, is, as I said, intended to be a direct replica for boards that have gone beyond salvageable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I have a couple of 128s. Um, one of the best-looking ones I have when it comes to all the plastic, etc., there's actually corrosion on the PCB. Hmm. Oh, okay. And it's not from a battery leak because they don't have batteries. It's simply because moisture have managed to get through the solder mask and started getting into the copper. So yeah, it's and basically a, rotting, rotting yeah. away or something. I had, you know, oh. the funny thing, I had a C64, a 64C that, that I got on eBay, um, and I got it mostly for parts, and it looks on the outside it looks gorgeous the plastics are not yellowed like the keys are beautiful you open it up it looks like it's been brining for about 15 years oh wow yeah. wow no indeed and i realized if i have a 128 that's been stored fairly decently with that type of problem there will be other people also mm-hmm. uh people who have stumbled a bit with a screwdriver made a big scratch in the board I mean, there are only so many jumper wires you want to do on a board before yeah. you start giving up. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's actually the funniest thing that Commodore really made bad quality stuff with some computers. I, I have, I have um, a French C sixty four, and it looks like it. It looks like the uh, converter for the um, for the signal of the French Seacam was soldered by a teenager in in homework and actually i was i was talking to peter kittel from commodore who was in the uh, support department in commodore germany and he said that actually it was homemade by by german students with a soldier in iron that's amazing That's great. <laughs> so my assumption was 100% correct this is how the french uh, C sixty four were made, and it still said it still said made in West Germany, and um, it has certification by German po- postal service yeah. back in the day, and then and after that they made this horrible solder job, and um, and the um, and the CCAM board was just separated with the with a piece of paper to avoid shortcutting. Hmm. And that was the whole thing. There was only a piece of paper, and of course nowadays it would shortcut because the piece of paper is rotting away. Powder <laughs> quality right there, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. totally amazing. Yeah, on, on the topic of Commodore and, and component, etc., quality, I mean, there's a very interesting talk done by Bill Hurd mm-hmm. where he talks about aging retro computers. And you have to remember... 
they had to make things on a very tight budget. Right. Me as a, a reverse engineer, I really don't care. Um, yeah. I will just I socket everything because it's convenient. Uh, I use m- more newer components, etc. But back then they were fighting and struggling over seeing every single cent on everything. Right. So as he usually says, he's amazed that they even lasted three to five years. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's interesting because it's something you mention on your blog. You you write like, don't worry. My my reimplementation of the C hundred twenty eight will not have all these ugly fixes the original computer has. There there are some places on uh, to to clarify. I've been working off the revision nine PCB layout, which was the last one available. Okay, and there are some. If you, even if you take a brand factory new one and you flip the board, you will find traces cut and jumper wires soldered in. There's a, an ugly resistor soldered under the CPU, for example. Mm-hmm. It's actually called R102, um, which is there for a couple of reasons. Uh, it generates the clock for the Z80. Uh, it, right. It's a bit weird. And all of the small changes I have made to the board is basically to integrate these fixes straight into the PCB. So instead of having to get a direct replica and then cut traces and solder jumper wires on your new shiny board, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I decided to basically just put that in there so you don't have to do this. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. So you could almost say it's a revision 10, but I left it a revision 9, Neo revision, blah. Interesting. Okay. So, so you are a hardware developer for a living? No, I'm actually a, a network engineer. Oh. Since many, many years. Okay. Okay. And how did you make this jump? Um, I've always tinkered with electronics as a hobby on the side. I mean, uh, anybody who grew up with a C64 knows that the, one of the first things you do is you pop the lid and put a reset switch in there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, I mean, the, the, the old Commodores was also the entry gate for me into the world of digital electronics. Okay. Interesting, interesting. It, yeah. It's cool, too, because a lot of these things, you know, the, the 128 being the exception, that's a little bit more complicated. But, you know, I, I remember as a kid using my 64C and thinking, you know, like I was almost afraid to open it up because, you know, it was com- so complicated. I look at that thing now. It's, it's you know, a shortboard 64C. It's the simplest board in in the world. The amount of, you know, chips and, and resistors and, 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 and whatnot. It's like, it's a tiny board. There's not much on it at all. You know, it, it seems like so simple in retrospect, having now worked with more complicated systems and, and looking back at this and being like, wow, you know, this is something that, you know, uh, Jens Schoenfeld made the 64, uh, reloaded based on the short board, you know, 64C and, I can totally understand how that wouldn't be that hard a thing to do. A 128 yeah. is a little bit different because the 128 is like, like the 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 Frankenstein's monster of all Commodore machines. You know, there's so many. There's basically three different computers. Three computers. Yeah, yeah. crammed onto one one motherboard. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that I can agree with. I mean, uh, I actually had to lay one out, so mm-hmm. and I already had a cheating template because I could just look at the original board while I was laying this one out. And, but on the bottom side, there is actually a comment there by the original board designers where Mm -hmm. it goes, RIP herd fish guai par. Yep. And, uh, I've, I've, uh, chatted a bit with herd and, uh, 
he's explained the story behind that comment. And uh, Fish, Gry, and Parr are basically the board layout engineers. Right. And uh, all four, they were basically locked into the uh, the board layout room where they did the layout, running 24-hour in free shift. So they would just hot seat and swap seats. And, uh, of course, Bill had to be there at all times just to answer questions in case they had any. Why right. is this that way and what are the criteria, etc.? So when they were finally done laying out the PCB, because it's a monster, there are over 300 components on this thing. Yeah. It's 16 by 10 inches. It's huge. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it is. When they finally had it laid out, they added that comment at the bottom going, okay, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned that, AJ, because we had an interview back then with Scotty Allen, the iPhone guy, and he said exactly the same thing. An iPhone isn't so complicated. The parts are just smaller. Yes, right. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. more of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I, I totally agree. And also, it's the same here. I mean, if I look at the Commodore 128, now that I worked a lot with it, it's not really hugely complicated. Mm -hmm. the, the thing that makes it slightly more interesting is the uh, the Z80 sitting there on the bus. Right. It, it gets fantastically interesting with all of the memory management stuff going on. Um uh, the, the latching between the data buses and uh, all of the various address buses being flung around, but right. it's still relatively simple technology. All of the individual logic gates are broken out. Uh -huh. It's not just integrated into one big blob in the center and call it right. a day. And the Z80 is actually the first thing that gets called when you turn it on, right? Because the, the Z80 looks and sees if there's something, if something is, is there, and if not, then it handles it hands over... Um, the functionality to the the eighty five o ten or whatever whatever it is, and uh, but it's like the Z eighty is the first thing that gets that gets pulled. Yeah, correct. the 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 Z eighty basically is the boot processor, mm -hmm. and uh, if I remember the story correctly, uh, they couldn't make the set the uh, CPM cartridge from the C sixty four work because it simply pulled too much power. Right. That cartridge pulled something like two amp on its own. Because it's a whole computer in a box. Yeah. Uh, so he couldn't do that within the budget. And um, the Magic Voice cartridge did yeah. some fantastic trickeries with the Game & X-ROM lines, uh, which confused the machine. Mm -hmm. So he solved it by basically grabbing a set 80 and slapping it on the board and calling it a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. it's, an, so. it's a it's a great machine. I love the 128. The 128 is my, I've got my my 64C set up as my my main my main Commodore machine. But my 128 is over there, and I it's, I I I think it's the best 8 bit machine that anyone's ever made because it's just the 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 upgrade over the one the 64. I I always, I always wanted an Amiga. I couldn't get one, so I ended up getting the 128 as my upgrade. And it is a huge upgrade over the 64 with software that uses the 128's abilities. But how many people use the CPN mode productively? CPN mode? Um, I, I booted it up to look at it, and that was about it. I That's don't, yeah. pretty much what we all did, I think. Yeah. And, uh, we, we ran the pip command as guided in the manual that mm -hmm. wants to make a copy of the CPM system disk. Yep, yep. And that was pretty much it. But you also have to remember, due to the design of this, 
the the set eighty is actually hampered performance wise. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. It's uh, running at like half speed, right? It runs at half speed, yeah. Because what happens is, um, I might be wrong on which one does what, but the C sixty four is designed so that the CPU uses the address and data bus when the clock is high, mm-hmm. and the VIC chip uses it when the clock signal is low. Right. So the 128 obviously does exactly the same. It has to, to Mm -hmm. be C64 compatible. So in order to squeeze in the set 80, because the set 80 runs at a higher clock, it doesn't have the same pipeline design, so it needs a higher clock speed to remain effective. Mm -hmm. So it runs at 4 megahertz. But of course, they have to give half of that to the VIC chip. So it runs at 4 megahertz, but with a 50% duty cycle. So it basically right. goes clock, clock, sleep, sleep, <laughs> clock, clock, sleep, sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This is the same and, reason uh, why the 128 doesn't hit full 2 megahertz unless the uh, 40 columns are turned off, unless they turn off the VIX chip. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. You know so much about the 128. I'm not needed here anymore. <laughs> 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 I have no idea about these technical terms. <laughs> and, and actually, uh, I, I will say that I have used CPM more recently because my job, uh, actually, they still do their general ledger in the CPM version of DBase. So one of my first tasks working there was to figure out a way, how do we continue using this software rather than upgrade to you know newer software, which would be the logical step. But how do we keep using the old software in the event that this ancient computer they have it running on uh, dies? And so I actually dove back into it and figured out how to run DBase for CPM on the Commodore 128 in such a way that I could easily throw my 128 in that office if I need to. There you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. nice. Yeah, I have a, a friend of mine who, who uh, recently just left the company, but they were actually reconciling all of their expenses using a compact portable, still with the five and a quarter inch floppies and yeah. everything. And you just look at it and go, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they they yeah. print out on an ancient Okadata dot matrix printer every week. They print out the general ledger on a entire an entire ream of tractor feed paper, and then they put it in a box and they throw it in the back room, and then they do it again next week. I don't know why. I don't know understand why this is done, and I don't know why they can't because DBase still exists. It's still so, it's still a software package that you can get that runs on Windows. And all you need to do is just import your old data. And I'm like, well, why don't we just do this? And they're like, no, no, no. Got to use our customized CPM version of DBase, you know, until the end of time. And so we need to keep making these compute, finding these computers that can run it, which is a. a mm. So this this may be the only instance of in which my retro computing um, clout actually came in handy in the workplace. <laughs> well, we have to admit um, the good thing about the C64 128 is good printer support. Yes. So you you probably could even connect the old printer to it with totally the right can. cable or. It's yeah. right here. I've got the. Uh, hang on, hang on. I've actually I've got <laughs> that cable right here. It's a. Um, where did that come? Where did that come? Not that anyone at home can see this at all. <laughs> right there, the the Super Graphics Junior interface. Yeah, yeah. A Centronics interface, right? Yep, yep, exactly. Yep, yep. Centronics interface. Uh, I had a Star LC10 back in the day, so I wish I still had it. (laughs) I have the 20, and I still have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, going back uh, with the C128 (laughs) Neo, 
Um, Sorry, it's sidetracked a bit. Yeah, the, we do this yeah, a lot. That happens. So the the 128 Neo, uh, basically, as I said, I think I will do another revision to finalize some of the board design. Okay. Um, due to the lack of mechanical drawings, um, I once again bungled the mounting holes for the RF modulator. Mm. So you can't actually put one on without breaking off the mounting tabs. Uh, Whoops. Dull. And uh, also the RF cage around all of the video ships is also not... You have to really force it and fudge it a bit to get it to mount right so uh but i will solder one together and, and make sure that it still works electrically mm-hmm. and fix up those mounting holes and with the revision free i think i will basically start releasing the files and selling a few boards so wow. should so should be really, around january really please let me let me um, s- uh, buy one from you <laughs> one of those few batches because I, I pre-ordered from Peter and I didn't get mine. I was a bit sad, you know. Yeah, yeah, that, because, that would be a yeah, yeah. If you if you if you remember me, <laughs> so that would be good. Yeah, so yeah, and, yeah. so and I'm looking at the pictures of the boards and these things are gorgeous. They're they're yeah. the ones that you're producing are red and they're they're well. I mean they 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 look fantastic. Not that you know if you put these together, you're not really going to see the board all the time, but. But this is the definitely a case for get for for someone making a clear 128 case. And, yep. uh, no, the uh, the Rev two boards I ordered now are actually green, so oh. they look wow. very similar to the normal one. But no. I'm I'm personally a fan of that red color. I like yeah. it. So thought that will probably be the color I sell. Okay. Wow. Perfect. Well, red and, is my favorite color. So. <laughs> And so, and with these, so people would need to put in the the chipsets from an actual one twenty eight. You need to find you know somewhere sourced the chips from and and put them in and solder everything in yourself. Does does the ones that you're selling will they have sockets and whatnot soldered on already, or is that just for? No, it's it's blank boards. Okay, so you you will have to do a lot of soldering. Ah, okay, okay. (laughs) So, um. No, no, that that's it. Will be a lot of soldering. I will also. There will be a bill of materials for anything that is sourceable, mm-hmm. right? So, in my case, for example, one of the things that makes it look so neat is I replaced all of the capacitors with modern axials. I see it. So it's oh. multi-layer ceramics. Um, so it it makes the board look so much tidier, not yeah. having those sticking up everywhere. It does. It does. I see. I see. Yeah. So I will need to find somebody to solder it for me. Yeah, <laughs> okay. You, you don't want me to do that. I, I mean, if you want me yeah. to do it, I'll try it, but I, it'll be just a mess of solder. That that said, uh, once I'm done with this Neo board, I'm planning on starting to work on what I will call the Neo Plus. Okay. Okay. Uh, which is the part where I will deviate from being a one-to-one replica and really go to town a bit. Okay. Okay, so you used to say rather wait. Well, no, if you need no. a replacement board, please buy one yeah. whenever you need one. I mean, as I said, I'm going to try and keep them as, as cheap as I can because my primary goal is to preserve the platform of the Commodore 128 as long as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Neo board is where I will start looking at moving the logic ships to surface mount, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, reworking the power input instead of using the original Commodore brick. Mm-hmm. I'm planning on doing the same as on the uh, C64 Reloader, just a standard 12-volt plug. Okay. 
and uh, these type of smaller changes. Here's here's one and, for you. How about what yeah. about as far as the video out because um, it's not oh, that yeah. easy to find a monitor that will take the RGB output for the 12880 columns. That's basically uh, what I was thinking as well. I want to the the thing I will do on that board it will be the power feed mm-hmm. um, surface mounting anything that can efficiently be surface mounted. Uh, dropping the RF and integrating the uh, the composite and super video generation mm-hmm. straight on the board, okay. and also flipping the RGB to analog. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So that means you could you should be able to plug it slash uh, the the RGBI so the uh, the eighty column you should yeah. be able to just plug it in straight into an RGB SCART. Okay. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Uh, that's interesting because most. Cables I heard only allow this 18 columns in black and white on a SCART cable, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, the board itself has RGBI, so mm-hmm. it's CGA compatible. If you right. actually find a, a, a CGA monitor, you can plug it straight in and it will run. Yes, because I it, it actually, actually the uh, the RGB is TTL level, so it's zero and five volt. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can e- fairly easily put a, a DAC on there or basically a level converter, to convert it into analog RGB, which right. you can then feed into a SCART. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The reason you only get black and white right now is the chip actually generates composite out of the box, but it's only monochrome. Right. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's the main yes. thing stopping me from using it as my main 8-bit machine is just simply because I want to use the 80 columns, but I cannot find... The Commodore monitors cost a ridiculous amount of money for some reason, and CGA, oh, yeah. CGA monitors cost even more. And you know, I I don't trust myself to put together one of these converters. And again, it's it's not that elegant a solution as far as you know making something work. You're going to have this board plugged into another board, which is then plugged into the wall, and all this other nonsense. Whereas I'd yeah, rather yeah, just be able to plug the thing into a monitor and have it go. Okay, that, that's basically what i would try to do on on uh, updated revised edition awesome uh, so this neo plus for when are you considering that that one is going to fall firmly in the category of when it's done <laughs> okay <laughs> when, 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 when it gets around to it yeah that sounds exactly. like so. that sounds like phase five and keycaps no don't even don't even use story. don't even use that's that word story. And that's another story. But probably you should out. mention that because uh, <laughs> I I was thinking about maybe doing something in the Amiga side of the land. Ooh, okay. But I started realizing and uh, take this the right way. But some of the remaining Amiga sellets are as weird as they've always been. They're terrible. Yeah, but, but, but so, I'm talking. I'm not talking about the Phase Five, the Amiga co- company. I'm talking about the Austrians who tried to, to collect money on Indiegogo for four years ago for keycaps, and they never came around either. So, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I also have seen the the Mega Sixty Five project, which yeah. I admire greatly. Love it. But I have no idea what they're doing with that uh, funding round to make uh, injection molds. Yeah, I don't. 
I don't understand how it's working. I, I, from what I gather, they're mostly they're doing similar to what you're doing, where they're going to be they're going to sell a small amount, uh, but mostly it's there for preservation. Then they're going to release the, yep. the the um, the details for the board so anyone can make one once it's there. So it's uh it's a great pro- I love the 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 Mega sixty five. I really really want one, and I'm saying it again in case any of them are listening. I really really want one, and I'll be happily I'll <laughs> happily do a review if someone says sends one to me. Hint hint wink wink. But yeah. um, but yeah, it, it it's been taking a while to do things, and it's it's um. In that case, they also have to actually develop the the custom ships by right, themselves. Right. I mean, I don't know VHDL or Verilog, so uh, I'm studying. Right. <laughs> because ultimately, of course, I would like to reverse engineer specifically the uh, the MMU and the PLA in the 128. Right. Right. Uh, because those are really the the big custom special ones for the 128. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And they the MMU, for example, register-wise, it is prepared for 256k of RAM. Yeah. But Commodore could only manufacture ships with up to 48 pins, and there simply wasn't enough pins left to pull that out. Right. Right. So the registers are there with the bits and everything, but you can't actually use it. Mm. Hmm. 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 I, I learned so much about the 128 today. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I might even have a go at the Holy Grail and see if I can get rid of the Z80. Oh, wow. Because it would simplify the board design so much. And it's something that, as said, not a lot of people really use. Right, right. Yeah. Or make it an add-on, like like the user port on the Ultimate. It's unfortunately not really something you can do as an add-on. It requires quite a lot of hardware on there yeah um okay in theory i could but i'm wondering whether it's worth the effort seeing as i have the normal neo to uh to really do that type of pull yeah. mm. they still make the z80 it's uh i, th- I think yeah. it's still produced correct it's still produced by silog at that yeah. it's it's a popular cpu it's hmm. relatively cheap i can buy a, a four megahertz dip one right today i actually i bought a new one uh, I ended up using the old one on, on the 128neo that I put together, but I have a new one lying around. Hmm. Well, it's still used in watches, old MP3 players, and other electronics. Yeah. 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 If only the 8510 was. <laughs> well, on Forum64, you have um, Androsid, who does a lot of... And, and his merry gang, who does a lot of work reverse engineering the Commodore chips. Right. Uh, they're the people behind the FPGA, Sid. Yes. Yeah. They're also working on a universal Commodore CPU. That would be amazing. Which is FPGA-based and uh, the CIA. Okay. So they're so. slowly poking along at making a, a plug-in compatible FPGA-based CIA that you can configure to be the 6522, 6526, 8520, etc. Hmm. So 2020 will be a very, very exciting year. <laughs> I, I look forward to the day when we can get FPGA replications of almost every chip in these machines and make suddenly brand a brand new C128. Yeah. Down right. and, well, and I, I, I really do admire the Ultimate 64. 
Mm-hmm. But it's a very use useful usable nice machine to use as a daily driver but if you want to tinker i really prefer having them all right. individual split up and you can just go with the oscilloscope and go okay what's well, on here right right <laughs> yeah right 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 yeah. well it's, it's interesting because um just it seems just this year a lot of more hardware designers um, are concentrating on the one uh, 128 while the years before, everybody avoided it, and everybody was concentrating on the C64. So it's it's good to see there is a shift in a way. Mm-hmm. It is. I yeah. I yeah, I like that. I I agree as well. I I had a look around. The two other projects that I'm aware of is uh, the 128 remastered, mm. uh, which I don't know the current status of. I believe it has been canceled. Well, well he 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 just he just. Um, Disappeared. Deleted, deleted his homepage. He stopped replying to emails. He disappeared from Forum 64. Yeah. Like, wow, thanks. <laughs> you know? Well, mm. well um, dealing with retro people is not something you can do if you are easily annoyed, I think. Yeah. Because everybody has very firm opinions on everything. Well, you, you know, you know. AJ and I, we always suggest to people, like, don't give up the first try, try it a second time, try it a third time, try Indiegogo with flexible funding. There are a lot of, yeah. there are a lot yeah. of ways, but a lot of times people who are doing projects, they are expecting like 500 orders minimum. And if they don't reach it, they cancel it, which is, which is sad, you yeah. know, maybe yeah. they were just 400 or 300 or something. We don't know. Yeah. No, I I think they also set sometimes the goals are set a bit too high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For for what's feasible. I mean, in my case, this is something I would do whether other people were interested in it or not. I just want a brand new one twenty eight motherboard. Right. Um, I just need somebody that I can pay for doing the soldering work for me. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, that will be hard. Well. It is a, a lot of work, unfortunately. Uh, which yeah, is also yeah. why I'm not really willing to do it on my own Yourself. because that, yeah. the, oh, okay. then the price right. would go up quite a bit. I um, see. I see. That's basically the. Oh yeah, the the other thing I'm thinking on with, um, let's say, a Neo Plus is, of course, I will collapse all the ROM ships into Flash, mm-hmm. uh, and also uh, the RAM ship just replace it with an SRAM. Okay. Uh, so all the suggestions people made on Lemon on the forum, like. Do this, do that. This will all happen in the plus version. That's basically the plan. Yeah, that that's the one where I will take the shackles off and really start redoing things. Okay. But wow. I wanted to have a, a direct one to one for the repair crowd and and etc. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are people who do repairs on these things. That sometimes the only reasonable option is to slap a new board in there. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I will be very looking forward to the final product then. I hope Absolutely. I find somebody doing the soldiering work for me. <laughs> <laughs> and finding a case in eBay Germany that isn't a ripoff. Yeah. And and uh, another difference I've done compared to Shucky and, and uh, Rob Taylor, for example, is they're using this Sprint software, uh, Sprint CAD. Right. Because it allows you to put a picture of the PCB as a background image, and then you can just trace the traces on top of this. Uh, mine is actually done up in in uh, KiCad. Okay. 
because it's it's an open source EDA suite. Hmm. So I actually have a full schematic as well, not just the PCB. I have the full schematic. Okay, cool. Which has okay. now been validated against the PCB when I laid it out because you had the schematic in the in the uh, service manual and the programmer's reference guide. Mm-hmm. Um, it contains a few issues, which I will document on my blog. Okay. So my plan on the, um, yeah, and um, so I have the schematic, which means I can start tinkering with making bigger changes and still be fairly confident that it's accurate according to the schematic. Hmm. It's it's harder if you don't have the schematic because if you move a ship, you have to keep track of where everything went. Right, right. So oh. and uh, that will also probably be released over time. Okay. You have, you have a lot of plans. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. No, as I said, it's it's not exactly a cheap hobby. I mean, with components and, and boards so far, I'm probably... I'm getting edging up to a 1,000 euros laid out so far. Right. But it's fun, and it's a hobby. And it's not a proper hobby unless people look at you and go, but why would you want to do that? <laughs> right, right. people tell me this all the time <laughs> don't tell me about it uh, yeah. uh, good good old hackers credo is always valid if yeah. you have to ask why you're not the intended audience <laughs> that's, that's true that's true yeah uh, gosh so uh, so the plans and all that people can read about it on the uh, on your blog which is C128.se. Well, let's let's ask him. Let's just say, where can people go to find out what you're doing, where they can read about it? Um, how, you know, any, any other extraneous sites where they can find out stuff? Um, the most of the liveliest discussion is in German on forum 64. Okay. Um, Google second liveliest. Yeah. Second liveliest, I would say is lemon 64 forum. Okay. Uh, which is pretty good. And, of course, my blog at c128.se, uh, which is where I will start going into a bit more detail. Uh, all of the changes I made on the board, I will document on there, the reasoning behind them, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, cool. So mm, awesome. that's also probably where you will find all of the latest news on other evolutions on this. I have one question um, on this Facebook Group, the people were discussing that on Imgur you actually um, had photos of the start screen where the upper and lower K um, letters were switched. Oh, and yeah. They were discussing why that happened. You know, on, on the International 128, you have this little carrier board for the character ROM. Mm-hmm. I know. With a, yeah. with a wire that you have to solder to the board. Yeah. yeah. Um that happens if you leave that wire unsoldered. Oh, interesting. Because it actually connects to address line 11 on the room and if you leave it floating you can get all sorts of funky. <laughs> and uh okay. yeah, that's where I that's where I screwed it up. Uh on the revision 2 board there's actually a pin header. Right. So that you can solder on a pin and just use a, a quick connect. So if you need to remove the character room you don't have to break out the soldering iron. Okay. okay, interesting, interesting. Now we know the secret behind this. <laughs> yeah, it took me a little while to realize what was going on there because I eventually soldered on the cable to it, Because I'm, but since I'm using a socket, I couldn't solder it on the top side. 
And it goes to one of the logic ships, uh, U15, if I remember correctly. And when I flipped the board to solder it on, pin 2, I, of course, forgot that now you have the mirror image of the circuit. So I soldered it on on pin 2, but it was pin 2 on the wrong side of the chip. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so I, I connected one of the, uh, the uh, address enable logics line that basically arbitrates between the CPUs and the VIC hmm. to be address line 11 for the character room. Yeah. And oh, that was, I see. That was really spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, people notice everything, you yeah. know. Oh yeah, no, I know. There, there's a lot of detail poking at it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so great. I'm so happy that you spoke to to us about this. It's it's amazing, and um, I'm very happy to hear that this project will progress further because it it um, it seems to be a bit repetitive if you talk to people and their products always fail in a way. Um, <laughs> Um, but it's good to see that yeah. it's uh, finally happening. No, I, I mean, as I said, I, I'm currently at the state where I could release the Gerber files and you would be able to build a fully working computer. It's just nitpicking a bit with some of the mechanical holes. Right. I mean, yeah. the, the Revision yeah. 1 board, I don't know if anybody on Facebook noticed, but I had even forgotten the mounting holes. So there were nowhere to put the screws to mount it in the case. <laughs> well, drill it yourself. Could work, yes. If you're if you didn't, and if you steady didn't, enough. Yeah, and if you didn't catch a trace, you know, yeah. or yeah. slipped slipped with the uh, drill, yeah. you know. So, no, I and I'm aware of these things going on as well. There's a lot of projects you get interested in, and then they just disappear. So. Right. That's also why I held off on announcing, I said, before, until the point where I actually had something I knew that was working. I mean, I when I soldered the first one together, the Revision 1, um, I soldered it together, I plugged in the power, I turned it on, there was no smoke coming out, and there was a picture <laughs> on the screen, and I was just absolutely amazed. Yeah. Great. I, I would like to know, because a lot of people mentioned that... Um, how was it? Did you work with the Chinese factory or did you do it in Europe? Because when we spoke to the other creators, they said that PCB manufacturing in China is a problem because they don't know what you need and what you're talking about regarding those old computers. Um, it's I'm not really interacting with the factories. I'm using the, the various online services. Uh, so I just send them the Gerber files and they produce accordingly if there's a booboo in those files i will get a broken board they do some basic sanity checkings they will run a a, a design checker that you don't use traces that are too narrow that are too close to each other etc mm -hmm. but my software helps me with that as well keycad so interesting. Um, i'm basically just using a web service i upload my files they will tell me how much it will cost mm -hmm. And uh, there you go. Hmm. So and the quality um, is pretty good so far. Yeah, the the company I'm using for this is JLC PCB, which is one of the large Chinese ones. Uh, they're based oh, yeah. in, in Shenzhen. Yeah, um, Scotty Allen made promotion for them as well, though they must be good. Yeah. <laughs> the the two big ones is really JLC PCB and PCB Way. 
Mm. Yeah. And uh, I have yet to evaluate PCBWay. I do know they actually have a mounting service as well for through-hole components. Mm. So with them, it should, in theory, be possible to get one that's pre-populated with the capacitors, the resistors, the sockets, and those type of things. Uh, but I haven't really looked into that venue yet. Okay. I might, <laughs> or somebody else might. I mean, right. once so, I release so. the Gerber files, anybody can do whatever they want, really. Yeah. It will be open source, in essence. What happened, actually, with the, uh, with the Swinzit back in the day? Suddenly, people were catching it up, and there was a Nanosit, Swinzit Plus... Swinsit yeah. Ultimate, Swinsit Ultra, uh, Ultra. I was like, okay, so many Swinsits, you know. <laughs> so, and I, uh, I have, I also have to say, this is one of the areas where I am slightly cautious about releasing the actual Keycan project. Right. Releasing the Gerber files is something that is very easy to use to manufacture a PCB, but if you want to start doing additional work with them, it's harder. Mm-hmm. Um, because you might start seeing wonky clones. Right. Mm. I don't mind people manufacturing their own boards, but I don't want somebody to end up with a Commodore 128 Neo, which doesn't work because somebody else was poking around with it and didn't rename right. it. Right. I don't remember, was that a problem with the Swinsit um, stealing, or how you say it? I don't know. Well, yeah, once it but, was out there and anyone could make them, uh, people were making their own little versions of it that were supposedly better than the original, and some didn't work yeah. quite as well. And it's just a, you, it's suddenly the quality of the whole thing as a whole uh, drops because not everyone knows what they're doing. You start doubting the whole concept mm-hmm. eventually once once you see all of these weird wonky ones. So yeah, that that is also a factor that is considered, of course. Mm-hmm. Um. But going back to the PCB manufacturing, I mean, if I look at the Chinese ones, uh, the prices are, it's hard to compete with them. For right. small prototype runs, um, there's almost no competition. As as an example, uh, there's a Belgian PCB house. They offered me 440 euros per board. <laughs> Whoa. Just for the PCB, which obviously is not exactly uh, something that's sustainable. No, not well, at all. No, if I go to them and want a thousand or ten thousand boards, of course the prices are going to be a lot more competitive with the Chinese. Right. But for small scale prototypes, there is a reason why pretty much everybody goes with JLC PCB, um, PCB mm. Way, and, and Osh Park in the US, which just outsource it to the Chinese in the end, anyways, I'm sure. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So, but I also have to say, doing electronics nowadays, you have fantastic open source tools like KeyCAD. Uh, you have the capability of getting professional looking PCBs manufactured for not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so on. It's become so much easier to do these type of things. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Well, we'll put links to everything that you mentioned before in the podcast description so that everyone can check them out and find out what you're doing. Yep. Well, thanks for sitting with us today. I'm so happy. No problem. It's fun to be here. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I mean, I've been working on this almost in secret for a couple of months, so it's kind of 
also nice to be able to actually finally talk and discuss with people about it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well as I said before, I was so uh, unhappy with Peter disappearing. Like, hmm? <laughs> okay. Yeah. But now I know I just need somebody finding, uh, finding to solder for me and the other so, things. So if anybody listening wants to solder this for Jurg. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's contact at uh, yeah, it's podcast at sceneworld.org. Just give us a uh, drop us a line and <laughs> soldier for yuck. Yeah, help wanted. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, alrighty. All right. So have a good right. evening. All Same right, to you. Yes, sir. Thank yeah. you much. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. So that was Johan Grip. Uh, with the uh, the C128 Neo project, um, you can check that out. There's there's a blog about it showing all the information at uh, c128.se. That is c128.se, and of course the link will be down there in the description. There's also an early um, uh, uh, group of pictures that was posted on Im- Imgur, Imgur, however you say that. Um, showing some of the prototype boards and 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 the system running and whatnot, and we'll link to that as well because I believe we mentioned that uh, when we talked to him. Um, we did, we did. This is how I found out about him. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So with us, you know where to find us. You're probably already there because you're listening to us. Um, and Seenville.org. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes, indeed. So, until next time, stay safe. Yeah. Keep away from the Roni. Wonderful. Yes.